You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's get right to it, because the news is the Rockets have a coach, or at least it looks like they have a coach. The news came down on Monday that the Rockets had agreed to a deal with Ime Udoka to make him their new head coach to replace Steven Silas. And, uh, man, this is something that we had anticipated could happen, Adam. Um, Obviously, we had been talking about the head coaching candidates that the Rockets had been interviewing. Of course, the last time we talked, they were about to interview Sam Cassell on Sunday. Sunday came and went. By the next day, Monday morning, or Monday afternoon, the Rockets had agreed to a deal to to hire Ime Udoka. And so I want to get your initial reactions on this. The my, my first thought was just, honestly, like I started thinking about some of the parallels between the Rockets and Celtics teams that Ime Udoka will have taken over in a, you know, a year span or a two-year span here. Both constructed a certain way uh, with with without point guards, without pass first guards, uh, both wildly inconsistent from possession to possession, uh, both needing a little bit of a kick in the tail um, on the defensive end. Um, just I, I see some similarities between the teams, even though one team is performing at this level, right? The Celtics were of a certain level when Ime Udoka got there and the Rockets are at a certain level, um, obviously when he's getting there, nowhere close to it. Um, but that, that was my first thought basketball wise. I know there's a lot of other things to get to as well with the Ime Udoka hire, but what was the kind of the first thing your mind went to? Um, I was very surprised. I was surprised on two fronts. I was surprised that a, it came together as quickly as it did and B I'm surprised that they hired him in the first place. And I was on this podcast with you on Thursday and I said, I kind of thought it was pretty unlikely that he would be the guy. I ran through all the reasons why, and it turned out that those were all crap. (laughs) And here we go. And it it seemed like that they were in a, not only did they want to hire him, they were in a rush to hire him. And so um, we'll have to wait and see the exact details, but it sounds like they paid a hefty freight too, in order to hire him. Uh, And so I, I don't know if they felt like, because Toronto had opened up that they felt some pressure to get this done, because I do think this is somebody that Tillman Fertitta had been very interested in throughout this process. And they've known for months that they were going to need a new head coach. And they've known for months that Ime Udoka was going to be available. So it it was clear that he was going to be somebody that they would interview, but man, the baggage is a whole other thing. And if you separate Udoka from the baggage, this is a no brainer. This is the best guy that was on the market, unquestioned. It's the best guy that was on the market. Um, But there's a reason why he was on the market. And that's, you know, some of the things that we will have to get into at some point. And we'll have to see if Yudoka gets into it at some point. It sounds like they're going to introduce him tomorrow. On We're doing this Monday night. It sounds like he's going to be introduced on Tuesday. But that's the 
uncomfortable aspect of this is that they hire a guy who I think is probably the best guy on the market, but at the same time, he was on the market for a reason. And that's, you know, something that we're going to have to get into at some point. Well, you mentioned the timing of it and we can get into all of that, that you mentioned as well, but you mentioned the timing of it. I thought about this too with Sam Cassell interviewing on Sunday and this coming out on Monday, I thought, man, you know, I've, I've interviewed for jobs before that I didn't get. And I've interviewed for jobs before that I knew that I wasn't going to get, but I'd feel a certain way if by the next day, you know, that, you know, somebody had already else has already gotten the job. Um, and I know that happens, but I did think about, uh, Sam Cassell was a place where my mind, where my mind went to. So let's, let's get into this process part about it since that was kind of your main takeaway the main thing and i think that is the a story because like you say Ime yudoka is available for a reason i talked about this on the radio earlier in the day like this is kind of a basketball wise it's kind of a happy accident because somebody of Ime yudoka's caliber and considering that he has not failed yet as a head coach like on the court yet you know he's off just court. off the court certainly but i mean like on the court he certainly just should not be available he, he is available for an off the court reason and so that's the complicated part. What do you, I guess, what do you make of the Rockets rush to do this? Like, is it, I mean, I, I guess the, for me, what I would, my response to that would be like the surprising part in, of them being in a rush to do this is also the fact that they had so many good candidates to choose from. So it's not like they had to do this. It didn't, it didn't seem like they were desperate to do this. Now, if this was just a guy that they wanted, and there was a market for him and there was a possibility there with Nick Nurse stepping or, you know, with Nick Nurse and the Raptors parting ways and that job opening up, then I guess I get it. Maybe that's where the urgency creeps up from. But, but wh why do you think they would be in a rush to hire Ime Udoka considering that they had so many good candidates to choose from? I think it would probably be the Toronto reason. I, I think that would, to me, that's the only thing that I can think of. And uh, it, it seemed like this thing was going to be paced out pretty slow. I mean, you look, you know, they didn't even – they didn't even conduct second interviews. It sounds like, I, I mean, they went through the first round of interviews and normally you go through a second round and I don't think they went through a second round. I, I, I don't remember here. I know people said that uh, Frank Vogel was in a good spot after his interview. He was the first guy to interview, but I don't, I don't remember hearing anything about him interviewing a second time. And so normally you go through a first round and you go through the first round of interviews. It's usually uh, with Rafael Stone. It's with Patrick Fertitta. It's with Eli Wotis. And then you go through a second round and I don't think they ever did the second round. So I think that's where, you know, they were so deliberate with this search the last time around, they went through candidate after candidate after candidate. They interviewed guys multiple times. Um, and then they came away with Silas and this time it's, and they did the same thing when they hired Mike D'Antoni, this was a different regime that ran that. But I, I do think just the speed of this is, is what stands out where, I mean, there was no rush. I mean, there shouldn't be a rush just because they don't, they're not doing anything for a while. <laughs> they don't have a game until, you know, until training camp, you know? So I, that, that part of it surprised me, but you know, I, I do think that from the beginning, my guess is that Yudoka was at the top of their list and, you know, whatever, what, however that interview went last Wednesday, it must've gone or whenever they interviewed him. I don't remember the exact day that they interviewed him, but whenever they did, it must've gone really well. And he must've impressed them and put to rest any fears that they might've had about his past. And then as soon as Toronto opened up, they said, you know what, we're, we're not going to screw around here. We're just going to go ahead and get this done. And 
part of that makes me think that maybe this was pushed for by Tillman Fertitta, that maybe Fertitta was the one who really pushed to get this done. And, you know, Rafael Stone is interviewing, you know, Sam Cassell all the while Tillman's negotiating with Ime Udoka. That's, you know, maybe one thing that, that comes to mind. And when the Rockets hired Silas, that wasn't Tillman Fertitta's first choice. They didn't go with Fertitta's first choice that time around. It kind of seemed like whoever Tillman wanted was the guy that they were going to wind up hiring. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's interesting, like, so going back to this whole process thing, when we talk to Emi Udoka, and it looks like that's going to be on Tuesday, there are a lot of questions that he he's going to have to answer that Rockets Brass Management is going to have to answer from Tillman Fertitta to Rafael Stone, some combination of the two. What what are the answers, or what are the what are the questions that you feel like need answered the most to make this something that? And I, I don't want to be crass about this and, and just say make this something that we can move on from. That's not the way I mean it, but but you understand what I'm saying. What do you, what do you think they need to say or answer for, for the next step to be made? I I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I, I just think that they have to be forthcoming about everything. You know, if Ime Udoka tries to dance around what happened in Boston and why he got fired in Boston, that's not going to fly. You know, this is now, he is now the public face of the Rockets organization. He will be out front on everything. And he's going to have to answer this stuff. This That's just how it is. And if they think that they can get by without doing so, they are in for a very rude awakening. So on Yudoka's part, he's got to explain as much as he can what happened. And then he has to basically say how this is never going to happen again. Because he is now a leader of a bunch of very, very young, impressionable people. And... You know, you got to believe in that guy. You got to believe that the stuff that he's telling you, you know, you're going to buy into. So I, I think that that becomes a very interesting aspect of this. I, I think the questions are more so for the Rockets in the front office than Udoka. And it, it kind of, you get into a little bit of the Deshaun Watson stuff, you know, that press conference with Andrew Barry and with the Haslam family and with Kevin Seifert during that stretch. I, I would like to know why, what did they find that they felt, you know, made this acceptable or made them feel like that Ime Udoka deserved a second chance because the team that knows everything about the situation 
washed their hands of the whole thing. They could, you know, they didn't care. They said, we're suspending you. We're not bringing you back at all. They know more information about this than everyone else. So I would like to know why the Rockets felt that he deserved the suspension, why he deserved the second chance. I, I would be very curious to know if they felt that he should have been, if, if this were their organization, would they have done the same thing that the Celtics did given the information that they have? And then I, I would also like to know what type of investigation did they, did they do? Did they do one at all? Is it possible? Because you always expect, you always hope that these teams are going to do their due diligence and handle things the right way. But then as we saw with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, they didn't care. They didn't talk to anybody. And so my question would be, did you talk to anyone with the Celtics? Did you talk to anyone from around the league about the situation? Or did you just take the report that was done uh, through the, uh, the law firm that the Celtics brought in and just run with that? So uh, there's a lot of different things that I'm curious about with this process. And, uh, you know, Yudoka took the job. You know, it, it's not on him. He's not going to turn the job down. Uh, it's on the it's on the people that actually hired him that I think have to answer the really difficult questions. For Yudoka, though, he's got to be upfront and he's got to be forthcoming about what happened in Boston. If he tries to, you know, sweep it under the rug, that's not going to work because this stuff is just going to continue to follow him around. Get it out there first day. It's over from that point on, you know, until he goes to Boston. But if you try, try and sweep it under the rug and pretend like nothing happened or, you know, you're, you're very, you know, bland with your answers, then it's going to become uncomfortable, I think. Yeah, see, the last part that you mentioned is what I'm concerned about. Just And this is more so, maybe this is unfair to the Rockets and we got to hear from them first, but this is based off of like, public discourse and conversation and I guess tone around it in general. And I'm not saying that the Rockets are going to co-opt or adopt this, but the tone has been around. This has been very much of a lot of what I've heard has been, you know, aside from like certain NBA media circles, but just like the general public has been like, Oh, this is none of our business. And it sounds like, you know, there's been a lot of minimizing of whatever it is. And I think that's been easy to do with the lack of details that we've had. It's been real easy to say, oh, well, there was an affair. That's not my business. And, you know, and kind of minimize whatever the seriousness of it was or whatever the serious nature of it was. But what I would hope for the Rockets' sake and certainly for Ime Udoka's sake himself, but I, but just throw, throw them all in here as a part of the of Rockets management, you know, from Tillman Fertitta to Rafa Stone to Ime Udoka himself. It's just, you know, a, a hoping that there's not a level of defiance here of, well, hey, you know, that, you know, kind of the minimization of it, like to at least at the very least take it seriously or take the question seriously, take the inquiry seriously, even if they know something that we don't know or are privy to some details that we're not privy to that would allow them to believe that this isn't maybe as big of a deal as it's made out to be. Don't talk like that. Don't, 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 whatever you do, don't say that. Like, take this thing seriously. And, and I would say be as transparent as you possibly can about the processes that you mentioned, because I, I think that's really important when we talk about how these things play out. Um, you, you know, you mentioned the Deshaun Watson thing and the sense that just based off of what we heard from Andrew Berry and the Haslam's, you know, the sense that they didn't really do a whole lot of due diligence, like they kind of just took the words they could get at face value. Didn't it didn't seem like they did a heavy investigation into this? And I'm not sure how much investigating the Rockets could do themselves independently outside of what's out there. But it seems like at the very least, you want to 
present as if Again, going back to the point I was making before, this guy's available for a reason. For ba- basketball reasons, he should not be available to you. Plain and simple, he's av- he is available to you because of his own misdeeds off the court. So at the very least you have to answer for that and speak to that even if it's uh even if it's something that you feel comfortable with from a hire com- not just comfortable with but so comfortable that you were like in a rush to hire the guy. And I'll be honest with you, if the Rockets sit up there and and they say, yeah, we didn't care, I, I'll respect it. Listen, I won't like it, it's not like a great look, but at least they're being honest and at least they're being transparent. Like, hey, yeah, we know this happened. We don't care. We feel like he we feel like it'll never happen again. And we're comfortable with that. OK, you know what? I can live with that. At least they're being honest. At least they're being transparent. But don't sit up there and lie to us. Like, that's the big thing. Don't lie. And don't try to make the media who are in attendance for this thing the bad guy in this whole situation. Because the media isn't the one that hired Ime Udoka. The media isn't the one that got fired in Boston. So the actions of Ime Udoka are why these questions are going to come up. And the Rockets hiring Ime Udoka are why these questions are going to come up. So just, you know, you got, you got to deal with it. You know, this is part of why I thought the Rockets might not go in this direction because I wasn't sure if they would want this to be, you know, I, you know, you want the your introductory press conference to be basically a celebration of the guy that you just hired we were both at the D'Amico ryan's press conference uh back in what january or february and that was a celebration of a former player who was coming home to be the head coach that's what you want in the on, on these days tomorrow it's very unlikely to be that tomorrow is going to probably be an uncomfortable day at toyota center but that's what you get when you make this type of a hire and listen get it out of the way just get it out of the way. Day one, we can all move on. We can start talking about basketball because that's what I would like to talk about. You know, I would like to be able to talk about basketball, but, you know, I don't know if, you know, we are, what, 15 minutes into this podcast and we have talked nothing about basketball because we've had to talk about the baggage that comes with this hire, which is why I kind of thought that they would go in a different direction. But, you know, this is what they wanted to do. They're okay with it, apparently. And now we just need to understand why they're okay with it. 